Welcome to the Family Goals Podcast with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. My name is Joel House, and the purpose of this podcast is to encourage you to grow closer to God, to strengthen your marriage, and to inspire your family to reach its highest potential. We are on part two with the wives, so if you haven't already listened to part one, go listen to that first. Here is part two of the conversation. So let's talk about the Pollock Family Foundation. I'm, I'm looking at your hat. So you got, yeah, baby. So you guys are, of course, your ESP in college game day. You have all kind of stuff going, which which you're in Family Goals podcast. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, baby. That's right. And what what are you what are you reading after this? What is that? Is this Oh, EA Sports. We're doing the NCAA video games coming back. Okay. Doing the voiceover stuff for that. You're the voiceover. Mm Mm-hmm. So you got awesome. you got a lot going. You have some big dreams and aspirations. Who knows, baby? Who and, knows? Uh, God can do amazing things. We're just gonna let him do it. Lindsay's training people. I mean, you have your um, what do you call it? Fitness workout group. Uh, uh, training, personal trainer. Personal, personal trainer. training. Yeah. Personal training. So you guys have a lot going, but on top of that, you also have the the Pollock Family Foundation. Tell us a little bit about the the foundation and what's the vision behind it. What's, what's, what are y'all trying to do? Well, the vision just changed. So for us, um, you know, we've been whole life health and we've been childhood obesity and we've been children's health care of Atlanta, helping them and supporting them. But what we've realized is it kind of put us in a box Um, and we can't we couldn't help as much as we wanted to in certain areas. And and listen, it was strategic in the beginning because we were told, like, you know, don't you can't help everybody like try to make a mission. So Mm -hmm. when people come to you, say, oh, you're not in a mission, but we're kind of amending it right now and we're going to be we're going to change it to you know, whole life health, still healthy, helping with families, but it's going to be in hands and feet of Jesus. And when we oh, wow. see a need, we can meet it. That's like awesome. we just, we just went with uh, Josh Brooks, the AD of Georgia and met with him. And we're going to go into Athens and b- uh, take parks and go take an army of volunteers and redo some parks, like pine oh, straw awesome. up, paint it, make it better. Like we're, we're going to go see needs, but mainly in Athens. I think that's what's cool because we live here. We're right here. There's a lot of need right here in Athens. And so we help, we support Children's Health Care of Atlanta, but we want to get local. We want to get people serving. We want to we go minister to people that need it, that need it right here. So we've kind of just recently changed. And then we just did our golf tournament and raised, it was our best year, I think, right? Mm-hmm. It was our best year financially. We had 36 teams and a ton of celebrities that came out. The trophy was there this year, which was really cool. The oh, wow. national championship trophy. We haven't had that yet because we haven't had one of those in a long time. Not in, <laughs> not in our lifetime. Not in me and Lindsay's lifetime. Um, so that's, we've kind of just actually shifted and, and morphed it a little bit, but she just finished doing the golf tournament. I'm sure that was a real blast. It, it was. I mean, it, it, you're she really, really it glad all. the day after when you can just <laughs> breathe and it's all done, but it turned out great. Um, the nas- the trophy was huge because we had to delay it for an hour with the rain. So it was like, what do we do with all these golfers? Oh, hey, come take a picture. Everybody with yeah. the trophy. And everybody with their celebrity come up, take a picture with the BCS or the National Championship trophy. Yeah. Well, we started a foundation in Cincinnati. Um, we had a company approach us. And, you know, a lot of athletes have foundations. And um, there it was more focused on, it was called David Pollock's Empower Foundation. And it was... Education. Education. We were raising money to get back to schools, and it was a great cause. Um, but when we moved back home, we realized that wasn't like a passion, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially of mine. It was great. We, we raised a lot of money and did some really great things. But at that time, he was transitioning away from football, so he was losing weight, taking care of his body, no longer this huge you know, football player. Um, we had a kid, so we were raising a, a child and trying to, uh, you know, you do all the things as a first-time mom. What's the healthiest thing with your kid? T- you know, so we decided – 
you know, nutrition and healthy lifestyles was a passion. It really was. Um, and still is. And still is. So Absolutely that's why we, when we first, and we were, we were guided to say, like, it needs to be narrowed down. You can't just be this broad foundation. You have to have a focus or else everyone will come to you, which, and, and they were right. So that became our mission, you know, uh, raising awareness for childhood obesity, making healthy families. And it's been great. We've been doing that for seven years. Um, but just in the last couple of years, especially now that he's, I mean, he's, oh, I hate saying he's been well-known, whatever, celebrity status. But and being on game day um, and, you know, us getting a little bit bigger in the North Oconee community just from sports and such, you know, we've had a lot more people approach us about really great things they're doing, but it doesn't necessarily fall under our umbrella of childhood obesity and wellness and stuff. And with a nonprofit, you have to be very careful. Where I mean, if you say that's what you're raising your money for, that's where your money's got to go. So we've kind of prayed about it and talked about it, and um, we just decided, I mean, it's our foundation. We can do what we want with it, right? But we mm-hmm. but we got to just change the mission statement, change the direction, and we'll still always be passionate about health and nutrition. But like y'all said, our faith has become such a center of our family. Like, why is it not the center of our foundation as well? Mm-hmm. Um, and why can't we give money to, you know, everyone in need, you know, be like Jesus. And we have some really good friends who are trying to start up their own nonprofit. And it's an amazing, um, unbelievable mission, but we can't technically give to them the way it is. So we're like, we're, we're changing this. <laughs> like <laughs> we gotta, we gotta be able to do more because people are generous. We've learned yeah. that people are crazy generous, you know, like not everybody that donates to us is donating to childhood obesity necessarily. They just want to give their money. Um, so we've realized like we, we can do a lot. Like we, we can do more. We can do a lot more. And like you said, in Athens, there's there's huge need. Well, mm-hmm. Especially since we've been doing, um, he's been coaching in this Athens Football League the last three years. And just being around those teams um, from like the inner city parts of, you know, Clark County and seeing the, the, the boys that show up and the coaches and, you know. Don't have uniforms. Yeah, it's just eye-opening. It's good for your kids. You know, some of our, he, he points it out to our players every year, like, you know we live in a pretty spoiled, blessed community. Like right. this is not normal everywhere, right? Right outside your back door. There's a lot of need going on. Um, so just, yeah, we're excited about where we're going to go with it. Cause I think we can do so much more than what we have done. It's super exciting to me because you guys have been faithful in the little things and now God has entrusted you with greater things. So it started, it started off with a, with a, health and childhood obesity and all that, but now God's opening greater doors, greater impact, greater influence. It's really it's exciting. It yeah. is exciting. It's going to be fun. So, so, so. See where it goes. Exciting. Yeah. It's awesome. The hands and feet of Jesus in the community. Yep. That's incredible. We need to serve more. That's what we need to do. We need to go do more things. Serve. Just get out there and go do whatever. If it's not a big production and you don't get a, whole lot done you go serve for six seven eight hours and you bring kids and you're all your families and your kids and you just whatever it is i mean whether we go we talked about going and getting socks for the homeless people and give yeah. them bring them socks that are warm socks that are dry socks like whatever it is i mean who knows that's awesome let's talk let's talk a little bit about marriage um Let's do it <laughs> <laughs> we've heard davy talk a lot about it so i'm gonna go I'm, pee anyway so that's perfect here the uh the other side of the story, but there's there's a couple of books. The first book I want to talk about is The Five Love Languages uh, by Gary Chapman. Mm-hmm. And so I want us to talk about 
how you guys apply that to your marriage, how we apply it to our marriage, then eventually how we apply it to to our kids. And so the five the five love languages that he talks about are gifts, physical touch, words of affirmation, acts of service, and quality time. So those are your your five love languages. And, and the, the premise of the book is we all have different ways of love, like Ways we feel loved. Ways we feel loved and also ways that we show love. Right. And typically you show love the way you feel love, but it might not be the same. Correct. Yes. Which is something we learned kind of early on. Yeah. Because I would would show my love for Jennifer how I would want her to show her love for me. And uh, we we didn't have the same love languages. And so so what what would y'all say? What what are y'all's love languages? Well, interestingly enough, when we started our Bible study – Couples Bible study in Cincinnati. We read this book and and group. Um, we were introduced to it, read it, figured out what our love languages were. I was a hundred percent acts of service, which made sense because that's how I showed love. I mean, I took care of him. I did everything for him. Like that's how. And he was a hundred percent physical touch. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. He was no, physical, yeah, physical touch and quality time. I say, I love me some quality time. Physical I mean, touch they go hand in hand sometimes. Well, you were also, <laughs> you were also twenty one years old. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so when we did it the first time, we we're like, oh yeah, this totally makes sense. This is right on what we would think. You know, it was a great, but it really is. It's great to read it and realize, okay, just because that's how you feel love, that's not necessarily how I inter- You know, me taking care of him, I'm like, oh, he knows I love him, of course, but that's not the same thing as spending time with him and going out on a date night. You know, um, so it was great. But then we just talked about earlier how we went through kind of a rough time, and one of the wise counsel that we seeked, he recommended the book. And we're like, oh, we did that. And he's like, well, how long ago was that? You know, seven, eight years ago. So read it again. Do it again. You were mm-hmm. 18 and 22, you know, like people change, they grow, which seems so duh, but you know, we just hadn't really thought about that. So we went through it again. And sure enough, like, especially mine had changed, you know, from an 18 year old teenage girl, pre, you know, babies and everything. Um, it a hundred percent, and it, I became much more words of affirmation, mm-hmm. and which I, I didn't know by the it way. It sounded awful when thinking, I was. Thinking I was still about thinking it. acts of service, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, what I'm saying I'm still right. thinking to plug into acts of service. That's her love language. I'm not thinking words of affirmation. It's not something that she cared about or wanted. So I was like, I kind of well, turned I, that I, off. I you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I wouldn't have thought it necessarily if you'd asked me. I wouldn't have said that it had changed to that. But after doing it and then talking about it, it was like okay. You know, you become a new mom, and you you just want to know you're appreciated, which is words of affirmation, you know? Like, you just want to, thanks for cleaning the house and taking care of the babies all day while I was gone. You know, that kind of stuff. So, it was very eye-opening. His were still fairly similar, um, but I think quality time had become higher on the list, like, more so. um, And we weren't doing that either, you know? Like, he was working, or we were at sports, or we were taking care of kids. Like, that just kind of went by the way. So, it was was fascinating to do it for the second time and realize, wow, this has really changed. So, kind of had to... It was fascinating to think about Davies being uh, quality time because you're traveling so much. So, you're you're gone. So, then when you are home, you're needing that. Mm-hmm. time in that relationship and, and when you're when I'm gone I'm in a hotel room by myself I don't do anything mm-hmm. I mean I don't I don't go out I don't I don't like have a bunch of fun I'm like I mean it's literally you study you watch tape you go work you come back to your hotel room now I work out 45 times a day like <laughs> sometimes you can do that I have plenty of time to do that but 
Yeah, no, I, and, and see, here's the thing, and I think even with kids, we all need to get in tune with our kids and what their love languages are because that's an important part. I mean, they, they have it too. Like, our daughter, if you don't think it's words of affirmation, you've never met her. <laughs> now you got to do She is, wants you to keep she telling did, her oh, how yeah. great she is. She, it's and like, how awesome stop, she is stop and... it, stop it, stop <laughs> it. You can't see my hand motion. I got one hand up and the other hand. Yeah. She missed small coming. group last Wednesday, first time the entire year. How many people asked about me? Did anybody <laughs> ask where I was? Did they miss me? I mean, who? What'd they say? I was like, oh. Yeah. It's the first time she missed because she wasn't feeling good. But like, so I think that we have to, we have to be in tune with that. We have to figure out what our kids, um, what's important to them and how we're pouring into them. And, and, and they're going to change. I mean, their, their love language, obviously, as they get mm-hmm. older, are going to continue to change. But I think it's important to make sure it's something we're cognizant of. I think, too, our kids, I had to figure out their temperaments. Because, for instance, when Julia was in high school, she, a lot of times on the weekend, just wanted to be home. And when I was in high school, I was out. I wasn't partying, but I was out. I never wanted to be home. So I'm like, what's wrong with her? Like, does she not have any friends? But I had to learn she's an introvert. She's been working her tail off all week at school. She was in all this leadership stuff, played tennis. On the weekend, she just wanted to be home and Shut recharge. Down. And I had to figure that out where Jolyn was the opposite. He He's the extrovert. He wanted to be out with his friends. But I had to kind of figure out their temperaments, how they're wired, because it, it's different than mine, to be able to love them and support them and their thing. Yeah, this definition I have written down for quality time is uninterrupted and focused conversation. One-on-one time is critical. So I think I think in our day and age with the phones, like it's one thing to be together, but are you really, like if you're watching TV, if you're on your phone, if you're at a sporting event, you're really not focused conversation or uninterrupted and by the way, we do such a great job of justifying it too. All of us. Like we do I'm on my phone for work. I, mm-hmm. I gotta text somebody back. Put your stupid phone down. Like I like I like how you put your phone in the console before you go yeah. somewhere and just leave it leave I, it in the truck. Sometimes yeah, I, I was telling them I do that. I, I mean I just I need to do that more, especially now that Nicholas has his beautiful gab phone. Like I'm, when I told you when we went to Leah's play, just I put my phone in the middle. I was like, Bud, put your phone right there, just leave it here. We don't need our phone. And, but, but I think with the phones, we always have something to answer to something to justify, you know, picking it up. And how many times you go in a restaurant and you see a couple sitting there and they're on the phones the whole time and they're eating like, mm-hmm. and I'm really good at judging them. Look at them doing that. And I'm doing the same thing. Like, right. Like we gotta, we gotta put that stupid thing away. I think that's a, that's a big part. Yeah. But what do your kids like? That's a hard thing for me. And she can attest to this. Like I'm always trying to play games. Like I want to play games. Phase 10. Speed, we just recently started shampoo in our house. It's a really fun game. Um, but I'm always like, Lee, you want to play? Nicholas, you want to play? Lee, you want to play? Nicholas, you wanna... And I don't ask her anymore. She knows, I'm not going to bother her anymore. She knows that. But, like, the other day, Nicholas and her playing more. Like, there's nothing that, like, it just warms my heart. I love watching when she plays with them. Like, it's just really fun. Like, it's just quality time playing card games. But it is. It really It's one-on-one. Like, just playing and you're build it. You can ask questions and you can do all kinds of stuff, but it's just, it's building a relationship. It's building a bond. It's fun. Like they love it. They love it more than you think. Like, and it will go a lot further than you think, I think in the long run too. So what are some things you guys have done to purposely spend quality time together? Cause you are super busy. So for sure. Um, and then sometimes at night fatigue sets in. 
I didn't say any names. Have, Why you? I have really good intentions of hanging out with you tonight. But. <laughs> like, gonna put the kids down. Then we're gonna we're gonna watch a show. We're gonna hang out, and then. But but to that, you do have to. Yeah. So I train. I have a five a.m. workout group, and so I've had to figure out. I mean, I know it sounds silly, but scheduling time. I know if I trained at five that morning that night, it ain't gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. Like we're we're probably not gonna be hanging out too much. But I know. That the next night when I haven't trained, I'll have more energy. And so, and he plays basketball some nights. So we try and coordinate. Like when I know I can stay awake and spend some time together, he knows he's not going to play basketball. <laughs> and those are nights we can hang out. I mean, it, it, it is. But are we using code words here? <laughs> no, no codes. <laughs> I'm kind of, uh, Jolan's not here today. And so uh, yeah. That's kind of a God, good that thing. was so fun to watch him get so embarrassed a couple weeks ago when you when You could involved. hear the embarrassment through the podcast <laughs> yeah. as yeah. I listened to it. It yes. was great. Um, but no, so him being quality time and you ask, so we will have nights where when we put the kids to bed, we'll literally leave our phones somewhere else and we'll just sit in the kitchen. I'm, I usually sit in the stool and he stands at the counter and we'll just talk for, I mean, it could be up to an hour or two, just about any and everything, but you can literally, I can see it in him. Like his, he's like lights up. He's like, he soaks it in. He loves that. I mean, I'm not a huge talker, but Obviously, I can talk to him, and he loves that one-on-one time, uninterrupted. I mean, sometimes we talk about really hard stuff, and sometimes it's really fluff stuff, but it's just there, there's nobody. The kids are asleep. The dog's put away. We've got the no TV, no phone, no anything, and it's some of our best conversations. And it doesn't happen every night, maybe not even every week, but after we've had those, I would say we've, like, there's this, our connection has kind of, like, rekindled, mm-hmm. you know? It's just, it's good to have those uninterrupted times. You love them, don't you? Mm-hmm. You love those conversations. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Apparently she doesn't. No, I do. She said he loves that. <laughs> no, I do, but I have to be intentional about it. That's something yeah. he would naturally do probably every night. I have to take the time to say, okay, I might be tired, but I'm going to go to the kitchen, hang tired out, let's talk. Tired is a state talk. of mind. Apparently have a weak Jennifer mind. Jennifer and I, we go, go on walks together. Yep. She thinks it's for exercise. For me, it's not for exercise. No, that's, we, that's how we spend time together. Yeah. And and we go on getaways. Like yeah. weekend getaways or overnight you know, without the kids. I mean, we spend a lot of time together because we work together. We're together Which is a awesome. lot. Work, yes, it's awesome. We, we talk all the time. But I think we have to set our boundary like no church talk. Like <laughs> we do. We have to say, okay, yep. we're not... Because we're so passionate about it. It's our baby. It's what we've, we love, love it. But we have to say no. No church talk. A long time ago, we were talking (laughs) ministry and church. And and Jennifer was like, let's not not talk about that. I was like, what do you want to talk about? (laughs) She said, let's talk about love. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. And uh, so now it's kind of this ongoing joke. You know, have these inside jokes. Oh, yeah. So. We'll sit down for dinner or something like that. Let's talk about love. Let's talk about love. (laughs) (laughs) I like to go back and talk about things that happened and we did and I might be a little bit like that. Yeah, I like to reminisce. Like I'm I'm more of emotional person, I guess. I like to know I like to talk about the why things happened and I like to talk about how things happened. It drives her absolutely nuts. But I'm like like if we go to the if we go to the lake for a weekend with a bunch of families. Like, we'll go with two or three families and stay at the lake. Like, the whole ride home, I'm like, so what'd you think? How were the kids? Was it, was it a good situation? Was it a bad situation? Like, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, goodness gracious. Like, I don't, <laughs> we don't have to analyze it. <laughs> I analyze everything. Like, with that stuff, like, I analyze everything. I'm like, was it good for our kids? Was it 
bad for our kids? Like, did they did they have fun? Were they around the right things? Like, that's why I always I'm like, where do we find struggle? How do we find struggle for our kids? And she's she's like, you're way too deep with this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Stop talking. Take it for what it I is. think. Lindsay and I are more on the same wavelength here, and maybe <laughs> you and Jess. Yes. <laughs> Because I'm just like, hey, we had fun. Let's just <laughs> yeah. leave it at that. It was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. So what What about the kids? Let's apply the five love languages to the kids. Um, what What are Nicholas's, would you say his love languages are? Not physical touch. Nope. Not words of affirmation. Nicholas is a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think food. Food's is number he six, right? Wanting to eat all the time. Just now. feed it. All just feed it. Between well, that, seventh and eighth grade, they just so that'd be all kind of acts of service, like preparing food just, for him, for serving him. him. He, he's my mini me, and Leah is Davies, and I think that's been one of the biggest struggles. Parenting is learning to raise a child and love a not love a child. You love them regardless, but you know, show them love um, when they're completely the opposite of you. So Nicholas, I get a hundred percent. He's just like me in a lot of ways. Um, acts of service that's what I was he doesn't he doesn't need to be loved on all the time or doesn't you know, need to be told he's great doesn't need to be told he doesn't want attention on him at all you know after a sporting event and people go oh good guy he just squirms like I don't don't tell me good mm. game don't look at me don't talk to me like that him sitting here this would be his worst nightmare you know that he's just very opposite of Davey and so it's been, fr- you know, in the beginning, it was super frustrating for him. He's like, who is this alien child? And, like, wh- where did he come from? Because, you know, David want to love all over him and wrestle him and let's do, do this and do that. And he he didn't, like, he's con- he was content to play by himself all the time as a kid. Hmm. Didn't, didn't need attention. Right now, he's 13 years old, and he would be content. If today was wake up and read all day, he would read all day. Pretty much. Seriously. He's read, like, four books. and I'm like, I told him, I said, buddy, Summertime's here. Like, I love that you love to read, but we're also going to go outside. Like, he loves, uh, he's just. And he loves his friends and he loves playing sports. And all, but yes, deep down, his natural instinct is to kind of be a loner, you know? Um, so telling him all these things is not going to do anything for him. Hugging him and kissing on him and stuff is not going to do, you know, buying him gifts. Oh, you should see the kid open a gift. Like, it's the most awkward thing ever. He's like, don't look at me. Well, how do I react? What do I do? You know? Um, so I would definitely say his is more acts of service, just doing things for him. Now he can't express very well <laughs> how much he's getting better. You know, he's 13. So as he's, as he's gotten older, it's gotten easier because he's just learned like we've, and we've had to, Davey's done a great job of putting him out of his comfort zone, making him go do things that he would not want to do. Going up and ordering at a restaurant, like at the counter, you know, like having to look at someone in the eye and talk to them was terrifying for we've him. He's done that since he was like six. Yeah, I was going to say like eight years old, it was like, uh but he would make him do it. And now he can stand face-to-face, shake someone's hand, have a conversation. You know, he's come a long way. But there were definitely some serious growing pains raising him. Just because they were, you know, like you think the dad and the son are so tight, you know, but they were so different. Well, he so, looked like me. He just looks he does. so much he looks, like me. He looks just like you, just but doesn't that like doesn't me. mean he is well, like Well, Jolan was completely different than both of us, actually. And so that was hard. He wasn't, you know, when you read the books, like, James Dobson had the bringing up boys, talking about how wild boys are. Like, Jolan was not a wild kid. He was more like, he was cautious. Cautious. He was shy. Um, He was emotional. And so it took a lot of effort for us to understand how he was wired. And I remember when we moved to, um, from the warehouse in Grayson to the church on Azora Road, 
We had tons of new people visiting. He was in the fifth or sixth grade starting youth group. So I was encouraging him, like, you should welcome all these new people that are coming, invite them to youth group. He looked at me and he said, Mom, I'm not a leader. Don't make me a leader. And I said, oh. Ouch. (laughs) Yes. And that's how he was all through the youth group. He was kind of like the quiet leader. But, you know, at at youth group, after you go on a retreat, then kids would go up and share their Mm -hmm. testimony. Jolan would tell the student pastors, like, don't call on me. I'm not going to answer. Call on my sister, not me. So fast forward, um, we were on a trip to Honduras and visiting our kids and um, compassion kids compassion kids and he was doing a bunch of video for us so I we were sitting in the van and I reminded him about that conversation we had had when he was in the sixth grade and of course he didn't remember it but then he looked at me and he said mom you didn't have to make me a leader God did that and which it's so encouraging like I want to encourage parents all the time of younger kids that that God is going to do in them you put them in the right environment you instill the right values. You foster a relationship with Jesus. You can't make them have a relationship with Jesus, but if you put them in those situations, then God's God's going to do his part. You know, he has a walk with Jesus, and so that's been a really good thing, but we've had to figure out, I, I especially have had to figure out how to love him, relate to him, encourage him. He's completely different than I am. Mm-hmm. He's an alien for me. So I so. think that's a great word for parents because it is, it is hard to connect with your kids if they're completely different than you and they don't have the same interest as you. So you have to kind of die to yourself and say, okay, what do they want to do and, and what's the best way for me to spend time with them? And there was a time in high school when I felt like Joe and I's relationship was kind of was kind of losing him a little bit, you know, and he had gotten into disc golf. And I never played disc golf in my life. And I thought, well – I'm going to go play disc golf with him just to spend some time with him. And I remember going, and, you know, so you get to find, find things that they want to do, even if, even if it's not something you want to do. Well, and there's a natural <laughs> pulling away, and y'all are going to see it, and it hurts. Like, I remember when Jolan started driving, we never saw him again. We were like, and so then we set up a rule, like, if you don't have tennis practice – you were at home from five to seven. Like, we're going to have dinner together. We're going to have a meal together. We're going to look each other in the eye. Like, you just can't be gone from us. Um, and there's a natural pulling away, and it happens different. I guess different kids are different. But they do come back around if you've fostered that relationship. The goal is at 22, they want to come home mm-hmm. when they don't have right. to anymore. And so, and not stay, but come home. Yes, come home to visit. Yes, come home to visit and want to spend time there. But there, it is a push and pull. I mean, and we're doing it again. So we did it, and our kids are 23 and 25, and now we have Jesse who's starting high school. And I was telling him in the car on the way over, like, I'm so excited that we're almost done with parenting. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, I can't believe she's in high school. No. And now we've got to do high school. And um, she's a completely different than the other two, night and day. So it's a... But you got what the bottom line is. What you're saying is you got to plug into whatever their whatever their interests are. You got to plug into it, no matter what that is. Like you get, you've got to get in their world somehow, some way, and that's and, and that's and okay. You've got to be the parent. Oh, a hundred percent. And that's the part that not think, friends. We're I not think, friends. I think that's what you see the most. So when I was um, Jesse was little and she was going to daycare and um, in a home, and I was talking to 
to one of the other moms, and she had a teenage daughter, and she had read some things on her daughter's phone between the boyfriend and the daughter, the daughter's boyfriend and her, and they were sexually active. And she could see that on the phone. I'm like, well, aren't you going to talk to her? She's like, no, I I want her to still be able to trust me. And that's how our world thinks. Like, they want to be friends, and they don't want to confront. But we're we're the parents, and we got to stay the parents. So I don't know how I got on that rant. I'm, I am positive <laughs> and passionate that um, about family staying in church. And that's one thing I respect about y'all so much. You have to fight against the cultural norms. And a lot of times what happens with us is parents, they get involved in other things, sports, whatever it is, and then their kids – are 16 and 17 and on drugs, and they want us to come in and talk to them. Like, well, y'all are the ones that pulled them out. Like, come back to church and we'll we'll have a talk about it. But it's that's a whole nother rant um, for another day. Well, we've seen we've seen so many families because because we've been through the whole parenting thing with with our two older kids that they got involved in travel sports and uh, their family, you know, fell out of church and then they never came back around. So a lot, of, a lot of Jalen's buddies and a lot of his friends aren't walking with God now because their, their parents took him out of church to play sports. And it's so easy to do. I mean, we we do travel baseball, um, and we're lucky. We found a team that's not, like, crazy hardcore. I mean, we knew from the beginning the coach was minimal tournaments, all that kind of stuff. But this year, I think I'm going to toot our horn a little bit, but I thought we did a good job showing Nicholas. Like, there was a couple nights where they had practice scheduled for Wednesday nights, and we just let the coach know, like, He's not going to miss Wednesday night youth for for baseball, and he knew that up front. And That's so awesome. He, that is amazing. So, so we went to youth and we skip baseball. And like this past Sunday, we had a tournament. We you know they're all two day tournaments. You play Saturday Sunday, and we have missed some church. I will yeah. you know I'm, we're not perfect, but like this Sunday we had to be at the field at twelve thirty. Well, church is from eleven to twelve. It was in Decula. We can make that work. So him and a teammate who also goes to Grayston wore their uniforms to church. As soon as it was over, we peeled out of there and we went and got to the field. But it's awesome. Just showing Nick and same middle school basketball again. We he would play. They would play Wednesday nights, and he wasn't the only one. There were several boys on the team. So kudos to those parents. They would play at like five thirty. Youth starts at six thirty, and we would go straight from there, sweaty and everything, and go straight to Wednesday night. Like they knew it, it was happening. Wednesday nights was always going to happen. Um, and Sundays as much as possible. So we, we got to show him that. And him being 13, I think he really got to understand, like, okay, this is a priority. Like, we do sports, but it's not more important. So that's awesome. I do. Well, and it becomes, it, it doesn't even become a question. Right. Like, in his head, it's almost, you know, like last year he had BCB basketball, which is travel basketball. They practiced in our gym on Wednesday nights, and we left. So – we would leave and go to church, and they would practice. They would finish practice. He would practice for like forty-five minutes, and then we would go and go to ba- uh, go to church. And then, you know, this year it's almost like okay. Well, I mean, that's just kind of what we do. That's that's the most important thing. We're showing them what's most important because here, the bottom line of those people you're talking about, you're literally at a stage in your life. If travel sports, which is for all of us, is so much fun, we love doing it. You're showing them that's more important. That's exactly what you're mm-hmm. doing. You choose to, for your kids to do all these practices, all these drills, but they don't go to church on Wednesdays. They don't go to church on Sundays. I mean, you're outlying it. You might as well tell them sports are more important than God. Well, and I mean, it, you, literally put, you literally tell them that by your actions. Well, and more than that, the kids are not getting what the, like all week long in school, they're faced with a million things that are not of God. 
So for one hour on Wednesday night and one hour on Sunday morning, if you're, I mean, Jonathan is preaching to the kids. He's preaching the word of God, the what the Bible says, the truth. And if they're not getting it, they're not getting it. You know, they're they're missing out on those opportunities. And of course, we're church is our priority and passion. But and I grew up going to church all the time, and it was my whole friend group. I was super involved in other things too, but I never had a rebellious time in life. I accepted Christ at nine, walked with God my whole life, but it was my church. They they kept me. They filled my social calendar. So. Well, the Pollocks are a good example that you can do both. It does. It doesn't have to be either or. It doesn't have to be church or sports. You can you can do both, but you have to work hard at it, and you have to set your priorities, and you have to let the coaches know. I mean, it does help you coach some of your teams. Yes, so of you have you have control, control the schedule, of course. and that's one reason schedule. he coached our kids. Like a couple seasons, he didn't coach our kids, and we regretted it because number one, it's two kids playing. So he right. could he could try to like coordinate schedule coordinate mm-hmm. yeah. and switch with coaches so he wouldn't miss, but also the church thing. Yeah. So well, you guys are great great role model, and I'm hoping this younger generation of families coming through the church isn't going to fall in that same trap of, you know, we have to do this or my kid's not going to make the high school baseball team or what whatever the case may be. And it's it's going to be tough because there's so much chasing your tail now. So much, so many tournaments. It's big business, and I promise you, and we we have watched it. I I didn't even know this. I, I didn't know this at all. But we have watched all these kids now. We started coaching at six and seven, eight now, and these kids are a lot of these kids are sophomores that I've been coaching since they were youth league football. There's not a single parent that made their kid great. There's not a single one because of what they chose to do or what organization they put them in made them better. I, I I can tell you right now, genetics had a huge it's part in God. all of it. <laughs> either have it or you don't. Either yeah. God has blessed you with natural abilities and that's, or he hasn't. And that's, it's, I know it stinks and I know you don't want to hear that, Like, but you, but you, it is the truth. It's 100% the truth. So just find organizations that are fun. Find organizations that the kids smile a lot, have a lot of fun, and, and keep them with their friends. Like, don't look for the best team Look for the best atmosphere and their friends. Like, they want to play with their friends. They build a relationship with their friends as they grow. Like, I just, I haven't seen one situation yet. And I'm telling you, all these kids are soft. It hasn't mattered. The team isn't making the kid. It's literally, you're going to have a gift. And when they get in high school, they're going to work for it. Because it don't matter if you work for it now. It doesn't matter at all. It stinks, but it's the truth. I've heard several coaches high school football coaches say they would rather have a good athlete who's never played football till they got in 10th grade than have someone who played all their lives but aren't a good athlete and what their their philosophy was they've learned all these wrong things (laughs) (laughs) you gotta undo it give me a good athlete i'll train them the right way and, and they'll be they'll be amazing so Thank you for listening to this week's Family Goals podcast with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. Do you know your love language? Do you know your spouse's or even your kid's love language? Being able to love on the people that you are closest to is key for a healthy marriage and a healthy family. I want to remind you that we can only do so much for our kids' lives to set them up for success, but at the end of the day, we have to give complete control over to God. I love the quote from my mom about the story of me. 
when I said, Mom, you didn't have to make me a leader, God did. I want to encourage you to put your kids in those environments to thrive, making sure that they're in church every Sunday and every Wednesday, giving them chances to serve other people and trust God to do work in their lives. Join us next week for part three with the wives.